0: for
1: our... Our A -a Shankapotus? It's like an octopus. What did I just say? An octopus? (laughs) What were were we talking about before this?
0: I did graduate high school, people. I did. I I own my own business, too, and I can't... (laughs)
1: A hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unforgettable Golf. As always, I'm Brad. Zach, say hello.
0: Hello, people.
1: So, coming off our last episode of What's in the Back, uh, we talked a bit about, you know, just starting off with golf, and episode before that, Zach broke 90. So... What we thought would be cool to do this week is talk a little bit about maybe what helped us start golfing, what helped us break 100. Now, for Zach and I, this is a while ago, so we're going to do our best to just try and talk about the things that we were doing. Um, And if anybody's out there listening to us and trying to break 120 or 110 or 100, maybe you find something we say helpful. Um, We'll also talk a little bit about what we're doing now maybe mentally a little bit of uh, in, in our game and we we'll just put it out and hopefully it helps you take a few strokes off your game too. So Zach, do you, do you remember what helped you the most breaking a hundred?
0: Um, honestly, most of it was probably just, um, practicing like as much as I could. When I say practice, it wasn't like what I'm doing now. It was pretty much just like, I'd walk around the house and like pretend I had a golf club in my hand and I just swing, you know, and it's like, just get my body used to that motion. And then we had talked before on other parts of the podcast. Like I had talked, uh, watching you some YouTubers, you know, like Rick Shields and stuff, taking some tips from him. The problem was, is like, he gives tips, but if you can't execute on that because you don't know how to swing a club, it was hard to do that. So how do you know,
1: how do you even know if you should be doing that? Like, is that tip really right for you?
0: And that's the thing. I was trying out like everything I possibly could, and like things that would work for me, I held on to things that didn't. I kind of put it in the bag for later because I thought maybe this is more of an advanced tip, you know. And um, really, the main thing that helped me out was just going to a driving range and just like learning how to make contact with the ball. Right? I even now I still miss the ball. I still will chunk it or top it. I put a video up on um, the social of me topping the ball turn around, says, well, that's what you don't do, you know, (laughs) but like, it's still going to happen. But overall pretty much what helped me break a hundred is just like following some little tips here and there from some pros and trying to weed out what's too advanced for me and what was like right for me. And then just hitting the driving range, like just doing that.
1: Okay. So what helped you break 90 since you recently just did that? Maybe, Maybe your mindset or what you're doing might help someone break 110, 120.
0: Okay, so, like, my mindset for breaking 90 was, like, really just, like, this is going to sound dumb because we're not professionals, right? But I had to dedicate certain amounts of my life to, like, actually golf, right? Like, I meant, like, if I had an extra, you know, two or three hours in the afternoon, go, go play a nine-round hole, you know? And... Yeah, nine-round
1: hole. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) Go
0: play a nine-hole round, you know, and just, like, try to get that stuff in there and get get playing, get used to golfing on the course, like, even if it is only nine holes. And then also, too, like, in my backyard, I set up certain things, so that way I'm swinging in the clubs on a daily basis now. And another thing that I've been, like, really looking at is, like, pretty consistently with all the pros, they all say the same thing, like, everyone should be working from the whole backwards. And when I say that, I mean like they should be learning how to putt, learning how to chip, learn, learning their like short irons, and then start moving into the bigger clubs. Because what helps you score low is that putting and chipping. And so like I've been really focusing on that, learning how to rule my putts like straight. Like you sent me a picture the other day. That you have like one ball that you have like lines drawn on for mm-hmm. practice, right? I've been doing that for a while, but I only use those couple of balls when I'm at the practice screens. And it helped. So like, you're you drawing
1: you're drawing lines on your ball, but you're not using them in the game with lines? Yeah. Why?
0: Well the thing is is like I don't like my <laughs> don't like the head of my club getting like the Sharpie marks on them. And I don't
1: How hard them. are you hitting your putter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't change the ball when I get on the green. Why not? That's that's illegal for me, man. I use the same thing. I put up a video. Didn't you see the mud on my ball. I didn't even clean my ball, man. I just putted that thing.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> don't don't be like Zach. You could use a different ball on the green.
0: No, yeah, I definitely could, but you know, I don't know. Like, I did have these balls this one time. They were like the divots were different, <laughs> and,
1: the and the divots on the balls, you yeah, the dimples. They,
0: they, the dimples dimples were different. <laughs> so the ball, like, it actually followed the green a little bit better than what another ball would. So I was using those for a little bit, but I felt like I was cheating and I wasn't sure what the rules were on that. So I was like, eh, I better just use the same ball.
1: So we just learned last episode, you carry 15 clubs, but all of a sudden it comes to ball dimples and you're trying to follow the rules.
0: The one club is just a place where you want me to put a <laughs> stick in there to hold my beaver. That's what I'll do.
1: God, uh, It's
0: taking bag Nazi here.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't understand. I don't understand where you draw the line. Um, My
0: line gets drawn when the dimples on the balls, okay? That's where it gets drawn. I don't want any dimply balls.
1: So, Zach, I just... I'm kind of just picking on you, but... If you're doing something in the practice round that's helping you, or on the practice screens, I just... I don't know. I wonder why you wouldn't do it on a real green. That's all.
0: Pretty much the only reason why is because like the only reason why I draw the line on my ball is to see how my end over end is going. Right? I don't. So you're want... not
1: using it for alignment.
0: No, I'm using it like okay. When I line up my ball on the green, every ball I use, you know, has the the word whether it's like a Callaway Warbird or the Wilson Zips that I use. The zip has like a little, you know, it's a name. And then it has like two little arrows. And I'll line that up for my alignment when I'm on the So course. essentially
1: you are using a line. It's just yeah. not necessarily a sharpie.
0: But the balls that I have a line drawn on the whole way is to see, am I doing a little figure eight type deal with my putter? And is it causing it to go like all weird when, when spinning out? Or am I actually getting it to go on that axis of that line end over end? That's what I do for my putts. Okay. It might sound a little... Weird because I don't do the same thing, but I'm not using that for alignment purposes. Gotcha. I don't know.
1: How about um, how about mentally? I mean, is there golf is so mental, so, just as much as it yeah. is physical. Is there anything you're doing there?
0: So me and you had talked about this the other day, and like you had mentioned something. I'm like, I actually like I was thinking about it after you told me. Like you had told me like you need to start like blaming, not blaming like reasons but blaming yourself for a bad shot and tell me you can just get over it quicker
1: Well, i was i was i forget who it was now i'd have to go back and find the clip that i sent you but somebody was saying that their goal after a bad shot is to get out all of the frustration of that bad shot so that they can move on from it yeah. rather than try to hold it all in
0: yeah so basically like for me a lot of times and this is very recent that i started doing this because it's one thing to say, yeah, the shot's not going to affect me and go on to do the next one. Because if you guys realize earlier in the podcast, I had talked about if I don't hit a good drive, my second shot's usually messed up too. I found that if I hit a bad shot, it's like real quickly to myself, what did I do different than when I hit a good shot? And usually I can figure it out to where like, okay, like I got really wonky with at the top of my swing, which we already know my swing is very wonky to begin with. And I ended up coming down. I came down. I was too far out, which made me end up driving the ball into the ground, which isn't what I needed to do there. You know, I need to compress the ball, but when you're actually putting the ball in the dirt in front of you, that's not what you wanted to do. So when I start figuring that out real quickly, then I'm just like, okay, I knew I did that. Let's forget about it. The next shot, let's just make it a good one. And then I build on my positives and try to forget about the negatives. Because in just like normal life, if you look for a negative in everything, you will find a negative. But if you Mm -hmm. look for a positive, you'll find a positive. So I try to find the positive in my day of swinging and build on those positives instead of really dwelling on the negatives of my golf game.
1: Okay. So I'll tell you and everybody a little bit of what I've been doing, letting out the frustration of a bad shot, not trying to hold on to it. And realizing that one bad hole doesn't give up your round. Um, I've been trying to only shoot two or three double bogeys, which sounds like a lot, but then when you start bogeying and par and with our skill level, you know, we have, we have 18 shots basically. We can play bogey golf just under bogey golf breaks 90, right? So, I think that's a really good thing for anybody out there that's trying to shoot a score, break a 120, 110, 100. You know, for 100, you have 28 shots over par. You basically have almost, you can almost play double bogey golf. And when you stop putting pressure on yourself, I have to hit a good shot. I have to do this. I have to do that. Golf becomes so much easier. It almost becomes a little boring. It's like, okay, instead of going for the risky shot here, let me just, maybe it's hitting that four iron that I refuse to hit. Maybe it's, instead of taking a massive flop shot, it's like, okay, I need to I need to bogey this hole. So that means that I have three shots to get it in the hole. So let me put one close and then I can two putt and I can walk away. And technically that's my par, right? When you take in handicaps and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's really helped me a lot. Um, I was trying to think, too, like, what did I do to break 100? And I had a hard time coming up with a whole lot of things that I was doing. I think, like you said, for the majority of it, I was just trial and error and figuring stuff out on the course and playing a whole lot. And that worked. But we kind of go back to the point we talked about earlier, too. You could spend 30 hours and $200 on range balls. And that works. You'll figure it out. Or maybe you go get a lesson, you know?
0: Nah, lessons are for (laughs) chumps.
1: So, I don't know. Um, I will say that the more you practice, even if it's at home, like, especially if it's under the advisements of a coach, you know, a PGA or some sort of professional teacher that can tell you what you're doing wrong, and then you can go home and practice it. That's huge
0: yeah I agree with you. I mean, I don't have a coach or nothing, so I can't like a hundred percent agree with you on it, but it obviously works like you put in one week of effort and you played probably your best round you've ever played, right?
1: yeah, and I know we're not really doing a round update here, but it was the best differential. It was an eight point five differential, yeah, which is crazy low for me. I'm a twenty handicap. I put in one week of work consistent and i mean it's not like i didn't have bad shots i just and i blew up a hole i hit two double bogeys and i still shot in the 80s and i'll leave the actual score and telling the round and all that maybe to the next episode or two but you can play decent golf without playing really good golf and just kind of accepting that and being okay with bad shots and just being okay playing bogey golf, which is what my handicap says I should play, you know?
0: Yeah. Another thing, too, like, for anyone that's trying to get better, and I need to do this myself, but, like, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts with, like, golfers like John Daly and stuff on it. Because John, Ja remember a time Bob Boucher? <laughs> I'm just, just thinking, messed up. Man, I have a hard time speaking right now. but um John Daly, obviously, I like to watch a lot of his content, right? Well, he was on the Nelk Boys podcast, and he had talked about, you know, for amateurs, like, why do we go to the driving range before a round and pull out the driver and start hitting and pull out every single club in our bag and just start swinging it? When he said that for an amateur, we should be pulling out our favorite club that we're most confident in and hit a small bucket of balls with that, because when we do that... Then we have confidence for when we get on the tee box. And he said, a lot of golf is a mental thing. You need to have confidence. So when you're first starting out, what happens? You have all these clubs. You're not sure what distance they're going. And you're sitting there whacking them. And half of them you're getting horrible shots with. But then you have that one club. You're like, hey, that just feels different. It feels good. Use that club. I mean, for a while there, like we talked about before, I was only using a six iron for like almost everything because that's what I was comfortable with needed to learn other clubs and get better with them, get more comfortable with them to excel my game. But that's what works for time being, right? So if you're going to be going golf and just, you know, use that club you're comfortable with at the range when you're warming up and build some confidence. Cause that's what you really need for the mental factor of things.
1: And go to the range and warm up and find a single swing thought that works. Um, that's what I did. Before the round, I told you I got there an hour and a half early and I told you my game plan. I said, I'm going to putt, I'm going to chip, and then I have to get my driver warmed up or if I don't, I'm going to put it in the car because I want to shoot a low number today. So when you're going for your low rounds, and it's not always going to happen, you're going to have days when, oh, I'm going for a low number and you shoot 20 over what you expect to. It is what it is, right? But get there early, putt. Like watch a few three footers roll in the hole. And then you're like, you're saying that's confidence all of a sudden, and then hit some chip shots, really short ones, but stick them close. And all of a sudden it's like a three footer, 10 footer, 30 footer. They don't feel that different, you know, like all of a yeah. sudden you're just really confident. And now you've worked on what you said earlier. You've worked on contact. If you've made good contact with a putter. If you've made good contact shipping, Now you go over to the range, you pull out whatever club it is your wedge, your eight iron, your four iron, your driver, whatever you are confident in, or whatever club you need to get warmed up in my case, and you see how the ball's flying too. I never play a cut, I always play a draw. And for whatever reason, my irons were drawing, my driver was cutting. I would have never known that if I didn't spend the time warming up. And guess what? Um, what really helped me was Colin Morikawa. He developed a draw. He hasn't hit a draw in years, but you know what he said? He needs to develop confidence in it and just hit the shot he has. So if, I don't know if he's number three or four, top five, top 10 in the world still, but if a guy that's won two majors is just going to play the shot he has that day, well, then I should too. And so because of that, I knew walking up to the tee box, I'm going to play a cut here. And now I've put myself on the right side of the tee box. I've lined up for the cut, and it's working. And just play it, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree with you. Like that is a big thing. I think that's more of like in a you're in a stage of advance. Yeah, too. that
1: that's not your 120 guy, yeah. but
0: but like for your 120 guys too. Like, but
1: if you have a huge slice and you can't get rid of it, play it in the half hour before the range. Play it, yeah. Pe-
0: I had a huge slice forever. I always try to play that thing. I think we'll go over two fairways and then come back over to mine, still end up on the right side of the fairway of my fairway. So it's like, if you have it, play it like you're saying, but try to fix it eventually. Um, Another thing I was thinking about too is um, if you're just starting out and you're starting to get that consistent swing, you know, somewhat, you need to learn what your clubs are actually hitting like that is that's what massively that's actually what pushed me from the 100s into the 90s because i went obviously during the winter time here you can only golf simulators well simulators they're going to tell you relatively where you're at if you click like a seven iron on the screen you hit your seven iron it takes your club speed ball velocity and it's going to get take a come up the range so when you have those clubs and you're sitting there and you look and your buddy tells you, "Hey, you're one sixty from the pin,"
1: like the worst thing you could do in that spot is be like, "Well, what are you hitting?" Yeah. So well, like, he don't might worry. Hit about... his pitching wedge one sixty. You know, like, yeah. You might need to take a four iron.
0: But and that's where you'll know your clubs. So like for me, right. somebody says, "Hey, we're one sixty to the pin." Okay, I either take a hefty nine iron here and hope to hit it well, or I take an eight iron and just swing easy and I'm going to get there right why how do I know that because I've hit those clubs so many times that I know that's where my range is i see some guys get up there and they don't know what their range is so they're pulling out a 5 iron or a 4 iron for 160 yards and then they get the best of they of it and they end up past the hole by 60 yards 70 yards you know and they're like how right. did that happen well you got to learn to you just your hit clubs. a really good shot yeah, you got to <laughs> learn your clubs. Learn how far does it go when you chunk it a little bit, how far does it go on your perfect shot. And... Right, there,
1: there's the key that you just said. Learn to play your bad shots. Yeah. I mean, seriously, because even pros have bad shots. And when you listen to pros, they're not like, okay, the flag is here. I'm going to hit it exactly to the flag. They have another number usually. You know, they're yeah. taking in wind, lie. And that's advanced for all of us, right? We're not able to do that like they are. But, you know, maybe it's like, okay, I could really put the gas on a seven iron. Or I could swing a nice, easy three-quarter six. Well, which one's more likely to have better contact? The six. Yeah. You know, uh, you hit a bad shot with the seven, you know it's not going to get there. Maybe you hit a bad shot with the six and it still gets there, you know? so.
0: And that's what I've saying too like for me like a bad shot for me on my pitching wedge is like one 118 I know that's a weird number it's not in like fives but it is that's pretty much where my pitching wedge is carrying on a bad shot on a good shot it's 130 and usually if it's a pennant in the back of the green at 130 I'm hitting that pitching wedge because even if I hit a bad shot with it I'm gonna get 118 beyond on the front edge of the green right and that's what like knowing your clubs know what your bad shots are, know what your good shots are. We're all hoping for the good shot, but make sure your bad shot gets there too. You know, and that's where like I'm finding myself more and more often. Like it's not all show. It's cool to sit there with your buddies and they're all hitting like eight irons to the green off a tee box. And you pull out your pitching wedge and you're like, I can get it there. You feel like you're a boss, but they might be playing a little bit smarter Mm -hmm. than what you're trying to play. So play your best game with your worst shots. And then you've said that before, like try to play your best game, but with your worst shots. And that's what you have to do when you're an amateur. You're not going to get good shots. I want to say 90% of the time you're not going to get a good shot.
1: Yeah. I don't know how often we hit bad shots, shots, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) definitely we're probably hitting more bad shots than we are pure contact center of the face, good path all that sort of stuff, right? So um yeah, find find something that works for you. I, I think that's really big key too. When you're trying to get better, and for me and you both, I think this is true. When you're watching your Rick Shields or whatever YouTube instructor you're watching, then you're like, "Okay, I need to shift my weight and I need to hinge my wrist and I need a deep shoulder turn." You can't do that in the golf swing. And I think I said it before, if not on this podcast, I said it to you, Zach. Nobody's out there shooting three point shots. Okay. I need to elevate from the ground up. I need to make sure my elbow is tucked in. I need to follow through. You might do that in practice. In the game, you're shooting your shot. Yeah. Football, you know, the guy's coming across on a slant route. You're not calculating where you need to throw the ball. You're reacting. You're playing a sport. Now, maybe during that day, you know that your three, you got to put a little bit more on it or that slant route. You got to throw it a little bit more out in front of them because you're just a little off. Well, do the same thing in golf, react, um, find a feeling that works for you. You know, that was huge for me. My feeling was that I wanted to keep the club outside or parallel on my takeaway. And for whatever reason, it was really working well. And that's the strangest thought feeling I've ever had, but it was working. And I had one thought and I had no technical aspect. I just wanted to feel like I was taking the club back parallel to the target line, right? Yeah. And it worked. So, and that's part of warming up too. Maybe you can find that swing thought that, that helps.
0: Yeah. And on the other side of that spectrum too is, uh, you know, as men, I'm saying some women might probably listen to the podcast too, but it's easier for us men. Shut your mind off when you're swinging. Like when you're going to swing, like that's what I have to do because if you're thinking about every single YouTube video that you watched and every single little tip that you've been given, like that when you're making that swing on the course, that's not the time to be sitting there critiquing things when you're making that swing. So work on it. Let muscle memory come into play and just shut your mind off and swing the club and let 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 all your work pay off, and that's right. really what's been helping me. Because Play if you sport. think, yeah, if you think way too much about it, you are going to screw it up. That's just how it's, that's how golf is. But you know, with us, you know, we're going to make mistakes, and it's not like in PGA 2K21 where Brad, you never make a mistake, and you just sort of, I make
1: mistakes all the time. No, you, you don't. About? No, no. Yes, I do.
0: No. I mean, we're, uh, we're playing in tournaments on there and, you know, everybody else is like plus one through through six. And you ask Brad, well, what are you at? Well, I'm having a bad day. I'm minus four through four. That's that's what Brad's bad day is on there. And uh, if we could get to that point in real life, that'd be amazing. You know that? I'd be happy plus one through six in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Video game golf and especially watching the pros on Sunday – That's like the worst thing you can do when they're when they're just showing you the highlight reel guys just chipping in, you know, hitting wedge shots to two feet, tapping birdies. That's just not realistic for us. You know, it's yeah, they're almost playing video game golf out there. That shot that Fitzpatrick hit out of that bunker to essentially win the U.S. Open. That was an incredible shot. That's video game stuff, you know? Yeah. I think even he surprised himself a little bit. He said that's the best <laughs> shot he's ever hit. But you know, some days you just have it. Some days you don't. I think you manage your expectations. And we're not playing video game golf, you know. We're bogey golfers, or at least I am. Well,
0: I mean, I am too. Obviously, I I my best round of my life is an eighty four, so I'm a bogey golfer. But yeah. So, but speaking of video game golf, you know. We want to open up to our audience a little bit, you know, that uh, if you guys have, you know, I believe it's only on PlayStation right now, huh? Our society, or is it open for everything?
1: I don't know if it's cross-platform or not. I'm not sure if it's
0: cross-platform. I mean, you could try it if it is, but we have a society on, on PGA 2K21, and we're going to leave it open to our fans to come in and join us and play in some tournaments. We do weekly tournaments on there. Usually they're... You know, two-day tournaments, four rounds. And uh, you'll never beat Brad, but they're fun. You can come in and try to compete for second place for, with me. And uh,
1: you, You're just salty, man. You're, just, you're on a bad streak. You need to get your mentals right. You're like I have said
0: before, when you go for 51 through four rounds, you think you should win the game, but you come in third place because everybody else they either going to shoot – a minus sixty seven, and yeah, it's not
1: six. just me you're losing to. So
0: I lost to our friend Brandon, who's absolutely dog water at the game. <laughs> I don't. I, maybe I just. Maybe I'm just bad at video games now. Who knows? But the society is. You're up. just
1: not committed to video games like you are golf right now. You know, you gotta. That is commit. true.
0: I used to play a lot of video games, and now it's like to my renew free time. Your
1: vows? You need to have a little ceremony.
0: No, my vows are with golf, <laughs> man. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes you know golf golf is what keeps me sane. I used video games used to be where I did, disconnected and shut my mind off from the real world and now golf is where I do that. It's just like a nice place to go. Nice to be outside and do things like that. But um if you guys are interested our society name is uh, Unforgettable Golf but it's spelled U N underscore F O R E underscore G E T A B L E Is there an underscore again? Or is it just golf?
1: No, you're the one that's spelling it out for them.
0: It's <laughs> just golf, and uh go ahead and send us a request to join it. We'll accept you in, and we'll play some rounds. If that's not it, let us know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll put out a post about it on social so people can join in. But it'd be fun. I to like play how you
1: confidently guys. you started spelling it, and then asked me, <laughs> "Like, are we sure that's right?"
0: Well, you see, like. All of my brain cells have to come together to spell it because, you know, <laughs> I'm bad at spelling and <laughs> half the time I can't even get English out of my mouth.
1: Can we go back to breaking 120, 110, 190 for a minute?
0: Sure, Brad. Anything for you.
1: Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it. Jerk. Um, nah, I lost my... I lost... Thanks. I don't know. See, this you is talk what about happens you when you
0: try to go backwards in the podcast.
1: Well, it was important. I'm trying to help the people. I'm trying to help the people. You
0: can't give them too much information.
1: Why? You afraid they're going to become better than us?
0: I hope they can become better than us.
1: It's not saying much, is it? I
0: I would love for an audience member to come up sometime or message me and say, hey, because you're a podcast, I'm shooting in the 70s. And I'd be like, son of a gun, you're better than me. I mean, that would be sweet, wouldn't it? be If we helped change somebody's life for the better for golf.
1: We already have with your dad, so...
0: Well, he hasn't shot in the 70s yet. But, a long but he's dropped his there. score
1: by 20 just by taking it more serious. Yeah. Maybe you should get a few things from him, like, like what did you do differently? Report back to us.
0: Well, we had talked about this before, Brad. You know, uh, like, for someone in, like, shooting 120, for them to get down to 100, this might make ruffle some feathers for some people because some people are stuck up there. But a couple changes and you can drop 20 strokes off your game pretty quick and easy. It's like, once you get the fundamentals down, then it's a grind to get into the 90 90s. Right. I see so many people commenting like, Hey, I'm, I've only shot like a a 100 before. How do I get in the nineties? Or I'm at a one Oh one, I've only one Oh five. Like, what do I have to do to get there? And it's like, it's a struggle. You have to work hard, but the more, the closer and closer you get down, it's more and more work. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, for me to the, break nine. The
1: lower was... you get, the harder the curve to drop strokes is.
0: Yeah, so if I went and asked my dad, hey, what did you do to drop twenty strokes? He'd probably tell me what I told him. You know, just keep your head down when you swing at the ball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of like uh it's like anything. The more time you invest in it, the more you practice, you're gonna get better at it, right? Yep. It's just easier to go out and shoot a basketball.
0: Uh, nah, that's hard for me, man.
1: Well, I'm just talking I about. Do you remember when we lived in New York?
0: And... I never, I couldn't <laughs> shoot a basketball for nothing. Ne-
1: but, but you know what I'm saying? It's easier to go spend an hour at a basketball court than it is to necessarily go to a driving range, buy a bucket of balls, and spend an hour. And sometimes it's hard because you look like an idiot.
0: Yeah, if other people are sitting there judging, like you feel like everybody's judging you. You feel
1: everybody's judging you every swing you take. Nobody is because we're all just there trying to do the same thing. No matter if we're a scratch golfer or it's our first time on the range, we're just trying to get better. But you feel this judgment, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what it it is kind of hard too because even for like me, like I know I have like an okay swing, but like even when I'm at the range, I feel like there's other people there that are better than me. And it's like every time I'm swinging, I feel like they're just watching me. And also, too, I I probably do look like a little weird swinging because of how much movement in my club there is. But it's me. You know, it's just me.
1: Me. I don't know what to do with that.
0: What do you mean you don't know what to do with that?
1: It's just you.
0: Yeah, it's just me, man. Like, What do you mean? Well, you saw the video I put up of the comparison between me and John Daly
1: dude that thing looks like even the tempo is exactly the same it seems like
0: yeah the thing is is like who can i relate with on my swing he's the only one and he's not never going to reach out to me you know like other people probably look at me like what is the world is this dude doing but it's working for me
1: yeah there's there's all types of swings who cares what your swings like if it's working if it's not working then yeah maybe lessons are the are the key for you but nobody would teach we've talked about this before nobody would teach Scheffler's swing nobody would teach Rom's swing you know Tony Finau's swing there's a lot of crazy swings out there uh Jim Furyk right that big old loop-de-doo he did um so you know if it's working it's working if you can improve it improve it and if you can't maybe a lesson I don't know I just think I think everybody wants to get better, especially if they've like, they have that love of golf and you try to do everything you can. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to buy new clubs. I'm going to buy new grips. I'm going to buy this training aid. I'm going to go hit balls. I'm going to do this. And then you don't see the results and it's really disheartening. You're you're so frustrated. Um, I think a little bit of it is just keep at it, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Golf is one of those things, like you see all the stats, like where they say like, You know, if you've broke 100, be happy because only a certain percentage of people have ever broke 100. And it usually takes a golfer one to two years to even break that number. That's probably one of the very few sports that actually takes so much time and effort to actually see progression. Golf is not an easy sport.
1: Right, because, you know, like any of us could, I mean, we're not professionals, right? But let's go back to basketball. We could go out and shoot a basketball and be okay, but you go out and you pick up a golf club for the first time and people don't even hit the ball.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: then that's... you hit the ball and it's not going anywhere. And then you've got to do that five times with five different clubs to try to get it to its destination. You know? Yep.
0: And as soon as you think you have it figured out... It leaves you. Yeah, like you don't... You got a little bit better and now nothing else works again. And you have to refigure everything else out again. And like if you don't understand the dynamics of golf and how like certain things should feel or should look when you get that good shot. Like for instance, I'll use my dad example. Cause I always throw him under the bus on this podcast, right? When he gets a good shot, like, okay, what did you do there? I don't know. I, I think I kept my head down this time. Well, okay. But what else did you do? Like everything looked good. You made good contact. The ball's out there, 200 yards, like repeat that every time. And then he goes and, The one video that's up on the social, he said to you, okay, you know, put my foot here. You know, he's like sitting there lining up like he thought he was always did. And then he ends up shanking it
1: too technical.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think though too, is like, I'm very technical when it comes to setting up with my driver. And that's what works for me though. I've practiced and practiced and practiced with it. So like the way I set up is like the ball has to be right at a certain point on my foot. My movements when going up the tee up are the same exact way. You know, I have my own little, little stretch thing to get my arms right, how my club's going to set. And then I have the same path of just like, as soon as that club starts moving, my mind shuts off and I just swing.
1: Well, that's and, the thing. You you can be technical all the way up into the shot. Yeah. That's great. You have a pre-shot routine. You have a post-shot routine. You, you have all your things dialed in, but then when you hit the shot, you can't be technical. And I bet you if you ask your dad, he doesn't stop thinking through his shot.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I bet I like, bet
1: that's what's going on.
0: That's a hard thing for an amateur to do, though. That's why I it's said like, you guys got to find out how to turn your mind off when you're going through your shot. Because if you're replaying everything you've ever been told through your swing, 100%, you're going to mess up your shot.
1: So how do you do it? How do you turn your brain off?
0: I'm really good at it. I just like, just nothing. <laughs> nothing.
1: That's my secret. It's never on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm always not thinking. (laughs) Um, Well,
0: I don't, I don't know. Like I actually, actually, this is going to sound really funny. Um, And I actually meant to bring this up on the podcast. I tell myself right before I'm about to swing, don't think about nothing. And that's what I I just, that's why I said men have an easier time to shut their minds off, I think than women, but. Also too I deal with a little bit of ADHD I think because you know I can't focus on stuff for too long.
1: But Yeah, maybe that helps you as a golfer. It might though. honestly maybe because you can't focus too much on the technical aspects. You do what you do and then you swing. Um I think for me it's it's like how do I shut my mind off? Well, it's like I'm going to swing. I'm probably going to make contact with the ball. I'm not going to have any control over it in that second that it takes to swing. So swing and see what happens. And accepting that you'll hit bad shots to yeah, swing
0: makes it easier, right?
1: But again, we're probably at another level than a guy that's shooting a 110 or a 120, you know? So maybe, maybe for them, they have to build more confidence and be okay topping the ball and chunking the ball and slicing the ball. I don't know. I'd be interested if we could find somebody like, you know, that's trying to break a hundred and just talk to them and and see what they're doing and see what they're trying. And then when they break it, see what helped them break it because it's been too long ago for us, I think to really, really get into it.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And that's what I said. It'd be cool to, it'd be really cool to get somebody that's just starting out to come and talk to us too. Like, you know, like what's your thought process? What's helping you To even, like, like golf. Because if you go out time and time again and mess up and not have good rounds, like, who wants to be bad at something, right?
1: In front of your friends, too. Yeah. You're not just bad in the the privacy of your house. You're bad in front of your buddies that are going to make fun of you for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, every guy that's golfed, every girl that's golfed knows the struggle and is still struggling with something. I don't think... I think that's self-imposed. It's like that judgment on the range yeah, again. That's the we I think don't, they're going to I make don't think a, us, but...
0: that's anything. Well, it might not be for my My dad will rip on me and make fun of me so hard then he'll get up there and do his thing. You know, so it's like... But, but that's different. That's part, that, that's, of, that's part of being like out there with your buddies though.
1: You yeah, know? that's being with your buddies and that's all fine and good. But I'm saying like, Someone ripping you apart for topping the ball—that's not going to happen. They've all been there. They're all yeah. going to do that. They're probably going to do that three times in the round they play. So. I
0: rip myself apart for doing that. I'll sit there yeah. and go, you stupid you... idiot, why would you do that? Like, what the heck is going on? You know? And it's like I'm 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 my hardest critic. You know, right. like, nobody else is going to tell me, hey, yeah, was... my dad's one of those optimistic people that every shot's a good shot, and it actually pisses me off. Because, Can I
1: say something? I yeah. I have a really hard time playing with people that are super optimistic. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, And I mean nothing against your dad. And I've never played golf with him. So if he's listening to this podcast, this is not personal. I just played with a guy one time recently. And I might pull a driver 40 yards off line and be like, well, that's a good shot. Be like, no, it's not. And and when you first start playing with him, you just think like he's being kind. He's being nice to you, right? It's a stranger yeah. we just got paired up with. And then, like, by the 18th hole, it's like, would you stop saying that? I just <laughs> pulled a 50-yard shot, 40 yards left of the green. That was not a good shot. I am not going to put a chip and a putt and get out of here with par. You need to stop with his optimism. It is driving me crazy.
0: Yeah. And my dad's one of those guys, but also, too, I think we encourage it, though, too, because, you know, for my dad, when he makes good contact on a ball, it's like, hey, nice shot. You made contact. Right. And that's and what that's the amateurs a, are looking yeah. for. Right. So when you like when I hit a shot and I'm aiming, you know, I might be aiming to the right and I want my ball to come over top that tree, you know, and start to draw a bit. And I go to hit that shot and I just pull it straight left. And I pull it left 30 yards and it's going down the left side of the fairway now and runs into the rough and behind a tree. Even though it went 290 yards, my dad would be like, nice shot, dude. And I'm like, that's horrible. I'm behind a tree. How am I going to hit that out? You know, I'm going to have to lay up to even have a chance now.
1: Well, and it's funny that you even said that too, because if your dad hits a ball 200, you're like, great swing, great shot, right? Yeah. But for you, you'd be so frustrated that you only hit it 200. You're like, it's a miss hit." I topped it. I thinned it. Whatever you did. So it's kind of like we've all we've all been really bad golfers, and we're trying to get better. Yeah. I mean, we've been awful. Or we're not even hitting the ball. So, yeah, there's a point in time where contact alone is great. But then we expect to make these video game PGA Tour shots, yeah. right? And if we're not, we're frustrated by it.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those things, too. Like, I'm just starting to try to shape shots a little bit. I'm probably – Way out of my league to be trying it, but it's a—it's starting to affect like some of my shots. You know, like I'll successfully do it at a driving range, and I'll try to do it on the course, and next thing you know, that thing is a shankopotamus. It's gone. You know, I think I just came up with a new character for our...
1: a shankopotamus. Oh, it's like an octopus. What did I just say?
0: <laughs> an octopus. <laughs> i was thinking like a platypus you know with uh but a shake i'm gonna have a platypus with a shake straight out of compton
1: (laughs) okay all right this is getting (laughs) away from us fast i thought it would be an octopus with like a club in every hand and we call it the shankopotamus but wouldn't it be a hippo like a hippopotamus a hippopotamus.
0: what am i talking about i am so lost now (laughs) i thought i was thinking of a platypus man but yeah, you're right. Hippopotamus. Shake a I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. What the heck is wrong? Well, this is uh yeah. Yeah, What were you... we talking
1: about before this?
0: I did graduate high school, people. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I own my own business too, and I came with <laughs> a freaking platypus and a hippopotamus. Why did I think those are the same freaking thing? Man.
1: I need to know. In your head, were you thinking of a hippo?
0: I was thinking of a platypus, man. That's...
1: You were actually thinking of a yeah, platypus? Yeah, and then I said, okay.
0: Shakeopotamus, thinking of a platypus, <laughs> and really it should be a hippo. But you thought octopus, so you're not any better.
1: <laughs> this is a golf podcast, not animal planet. Oh,
0: it should be. It should be animal
1: planet. I had a really good thought I was going to bring up, to you before that.
0: I'm sorry, Brad. It's all right. If it means anything, the platypus, is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's always it's always something new, man.
1: I don't want to end it right now, but I don't know what else to do with this.
0: Well, uh, we were, we were talking about golf, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that maybe we go our back podcast to there. Is about. Yeah, well, that's what the podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never thought. Oh my. I don't even know where we were at before that happened. Oh my
1: We can cut some of this out we're just trying to figure out what no, we're doing. No, leave it in. It
0: stays. <laughs> this is what this is what real podcasts are made of right here. Joe Rogan, you got nothing on us.
1: Well, except for fifteen million dollars a year, but um Yeah. We're talking about how did we get to the Shank potamus?
0: I don't really Are You were talking know.
1: about your dad, weren't you? You were talking about how, like, a good shot for us isn't a good shot for them, and then you're trying to shape the ball. Oh,
0: and... yeah, I was talking about shot shaping and how, like, sometimes I get on the course and I go I go to hit, like, a little draw, and it's a, then it becomes a shankopotamus. Hmm. And what were you going to say, Brad?
1: I don't know. I, ha- I had a thought, but it's completely gone.
0: And with that, that's been another episode of Unforgettable Call.
1: <laughs> Alright guys, so at this point you've heard us struggle to get this podcast back on the tracks. It goes on for about another minute or two, so we decided to cut it here. And where we pick up is when we finally figured out what we were talking about before, and Zach starts us off. Now, back to the podcast.
0: I think like with the uh, Shankopotamus stuff, stuff too, Like when you're sitting there maybe i need to start just leaving those shots for the driving range till i get some comfort with them and confidence because like i talked about before you need confidence when you're out there playing your round right so when i'm putting those in there when i'm actually playing in an 18 hole it's going to be a scoring round for me like when i'm putting in my handicap tracker um i need to stop trying to do the stupid shot shaping because i'm not good with it yet and uh shanking them because that's what, really, I, I shank them when I'm trying it too hard, too much. So yeah. maybe I put that in my practice rounds, my nine-hole rounds, and practice it there.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, for, for all of us, we can take a huge lesson from the pros. And this is what I was trying to think of, Zach, is that we don't take our medicine enough. We try to hit hero shots that we have no business hitting. When you hit a bad shot in the tree, just accept that it's bogey hole. Yeah. And 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 punch one out into the fairway and get it a hundred yards down and it's like, no, I can I can hit this four iron around the tree and put it right on the pin. Maybe, maybe one time out of a hundred you do it. But I mean, if you we're not you know that the lie's bad, you've got trees, that's just too much for us to overcome. So you, you hit your simple shot back in the fairway, you advance it a hundred yards, now you've got a wedge into the green. A wedge and a two putt and you just saved bogey or maybe for you it's a wedge a chip and a two putt or a wedge and a three putt but you've saved bogey or maybe you know a double bogey that that can be a round saver you know when you're not getting these huge blow-up holes where you're recording eights nines tens or higher you know um I don't know. I think the pros do a really good job of it. It's funny when the caddies and them go back and forth and they're arguing about it. You know, and the the player, a lot of times, seems to want to hit that hero shot, and sometimes they do. Sometimes they pull it off, but sometimes they don't pull it off. You know, so if those guys can't pull the shot off all the time, why do we think we can?
0: Well, it's because we're just we're just trying to be good, like you said before, like a little bit of piece of advice to some newer people maybe you're just getting into golf maybe you started watching golf um when you only watch it on TV they only show you the best of the best shots right every once mm-hmm. in a while they'll show you like the best player making a crappy shot but when you actually go on like the apps and stuff for the streaming services and watch the featured yeah. groups like you were telling me right that helps out so much cuz you'll watch that number 2 golfer or you'll, you'll watch Scheffler take a shot, and it's like, what in the world? I've never seen him do that before. It's because you only saw his highlights. You didn't get to see his bad stuff. So it's a good experience to see that because when you're out there on the course, you're thinking about those pros, they make the same mistakes too. They just don't make them as frequently, but they still make those mistakes, you know?
1: What was the – was it Cameron Champ or Cameron Young who had the hole-in-one?
0: Yeah. That you posted?
1: The replay of? He was like plus seven when he hit that hole-in-one. He, he, you know, so plus seven for a pro golfer is pretty terrible.
0: Yeah. That's like, us shooting a hundred.
1: You know, whatever it is, yeah. that's not a good round for him. But guess what you saw of that round? You didn't see any coverage of him except for what?
0: The hole the in hole one. one. Yeah.
1: So and, and
0: honestly, you sit there and think, you're like, man, that guy's, so, you see that that awesome pro, he's a real good golfer. And it's like, really, like, yeah, he's a good golfer, but he's not in the top of the, the best of the best. You know, he just got lucky and got a hole in one. You know,
1: or yeah, he wasn't playing good golf that day. He's a really good golfer, but he was hitting some bad shots.
0: Which brings up the point too. If you're starting out, like, um, I think it was was Cameron Smith that just like he posted like a ninety in a round. Or am I talking? Yeah, recently.
1: I don't know. You bringing up the point, you got to back it up. I
0: don't know. I, I was pretty sure. I thought you told me.
1: No, I mean, yeah, there's pro golfers. Well, people, go that's out.
0: Not, we're not going to hold that to him. He's one of my favorite golfers too. But I don't.
1: How dare you trash his name? <sighs> no, I, I think, I think the point you're trying to make is accurate, whether or not it's Cam Smith or not. Guys, I thought
0: it was Cam that Smith are on the tour.
1: You know, and playing at a super high level will go out and shoot an 85. Yeah. You know, uh, John Daly. Let's bring in another one of your boys. He had an 18 on a single hole. An 18 that's fake on news. a single fake hole. News. No, it ain't fake. It's fake news. I will send you the clip. We will post it <laughs> on every social media we have. Now, granted, some of that Well, I need to decision, do a side-by-side right?
0: for that because that's me.
1: <laughs> so if we're going to wrap this up, because this went way longer than we both thought it would.
0: Yeah, but we're just having fun.
1: What are, What are, like your keys, your, your takeaways for you or for anyone trying to get better at golf?
0: Well, for me to start, I just need to be continue to be consistent. And, um, with just like playing and practicing it's life gets busy. And like, I understand for a lot of people when you're starting out to like golf, isn't your main priority. It's not really, it's going to sound crazy, Brad, but it's not really my main priority either. You know, no, i got I a family, I have right. work, I have my business, like I have stuff I got to put in front of that, but that's my main hobby, right? So when it comes to my leisure time or my recreational time, that is my focus. So when it comes to that, like doing the practicing, I need to keep up with it. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but I can't let like life get too busy to where I'm dropping that off. Because it is like serious for me, my entire life. You're
1: trying to get better.
0: Yeah, my entire life. Anytime I was really wanted to be good at something, I dedicated a lot of time to it. And like I used to be really good at baseball, really good at hockey, but I just over the years I just let it all go. You know. Mm -hmm. So like golf's that new thing for me. You gotta stay with consistent. Gotta stay with practicing, and um, mentally, I just gotta continue to remember the positives because I have those bad days still. Don't right. get me wrong. I I share a lot of positive stuff and I share a lot of negative stuff. Most of my negative stuff is funny things that happen, but I do have those days out there where I get out there and I cannot hit anything. It mm-hmm. still happens to me. So, but I need to re- continue to rely on the, the positive. And I think for any amateur out there too, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give to you. Remember your positive shots, continue chasing those good ones because if you're chasing the good shots. You're going to be working hard to co- to constantly get those good shots Having a dopamine effect hit you, that release dopamine or whatever, when you hit that good shot, you want to feel that every time. It's like a drug, right? So that's what, once you get that, you want to chase it and just remember the positive and how you felt when you hit that good one. It's going to make you want it to be good.
1: I like it. Hold your head high. You're out there having fun. Yeah. Practice. What, practice what, and what? hit good shots.
0: Yeah, and like, like I said before, golf is like, my way of escaping reality when I'm out there for, even if it's an hour, you know, two hours, three hours, if it's like with a group for four or five, it's my way of like leaving everything else that's happening in the world and just having my time to enjoy myself and have fun. Right. So Mm -hmm. just don't lose that aspect of the game either. If you're not having fun anymore, what's the point of doing it? Right. It's It's, still a
1: hobby for us. Yeah. It's it's going to be
0: hard. You're going to have to work on it, but just find ways to have fun with it. Or you're never going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, pull out that 60 degree because that's your favorite club to hit and spin it back or, you know, whatever you're doing. I think if I was going to wrap it up to any new golfer, any golfer in general, and I don't know when they're better than us. We can't We can't really speak to better than us, but anybody where we're at or worse, just make good contact. I know that sounds really simple, but if you if you make good contact, whatever whatever happens with the ball flight or where it lands or where it ends up, you can't control that. And I think when you understand you can't control golf, it becomes a lot easier to just accept what happens. And you're still gonna get frustrated. I mean every week I tell you I wanna quit, I'm done. I had a ball hit a wire, a overhead power line, and it took me two holes to calm down. I was so frustrated. But what are you going to do about it? You have no control. You can't do anything about it. So, you know, get upset, get your frustration out, and then let it go. Move on, have fun, play your hobby, be with your friends, grab your beer, whatever you're doing. Hold your head high, make some contact, and have fun.
0: Eat a turkey sandwich.
1: No. (laughs) You better be eating a hot dog and a normal flavor of Gatorade.
0: And one last little tip for you amateurs. If your golf course doesn't have glizzies for some reason, Thermos
1: oh my god.
0: With boiling water and a couple hot dogs, and you can have glizzies on every single hole. There you go. Little I sent that advice. to my
1: wife, and she was immediately disgusted.
0: I mean, they look gross, but a hot dog's a hot dog, right?
1: You'd have to figure out what to do with the bread so it didn't get all smashed.
0: I don't care. I'll eat smashed bread. I'll mm. stick it in my all golf right. bag. But with that point, eating smashed bread and glizzies and golfing bad. You know, just get out there and play, have a good time, play your round. Remember your swing. Me and Brad always tell each other, you know, stick to your swing, be true Mm -hmm. to yourself. Right. So get out there, play around, play around for us and uh, make sure you drain them bogeys.
1: We also want to end this podcast with, I don't know though. So we can't be held liable for any of the advice we just gave you. This is where we would end the podcast, but here's the rest of that audio where Zach and I struggle to get back to the podcast. Oh man. What did you say?
0: You're going to have a lot of editing to do.
1: Yeah, that's okay. Um, I just need to know what we were talking about.
0: There's no way to go backwards. Is there?
1: Unless we stop recording, we could stop recording and go back and listen to it.
0: I pretty much gave you play-by-play play what we were talking about, and then you still can't remember, so...
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the sure show must go on. What are you supposed to do? I'll
0: pick it up, and then you can just find a, find a thing. I think I got a thought. Okay. Okay. And... Go! Beaver tails.